How's it going, Yamitators? Episode 170, Mike Kaplan Returns to Yamitat. Oh man, this episode was so awesome. We talked about so many things that it would be hard to encapsulate all of the things that were mentioned, um, so I'll just mention a couple. Uh, we talked about shrooms. We talked about um, <laughs> we talked about music, and we talked about comedy, and we talked about writing, and listen to the rest to see what else we talked about. Um, we'll we'll get into more minutia later, um, but just try and uh, keep up, and if you do, you'll win the cup. I. Hi. See what I did was I made it so I didn't have to say any words until I got back to the word hi. Um, <clears throat> go ahead and go to facebook.com slash yamatat with Doug Culp. Like the page. Tell me to post on it because I haven't in a while. That's the one that I don't keep up as much as the Twitter because the Twitter is easier. And... Um, you know, I, 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 I manage a lot and I don't have a lot of time. <laughs> I'm trying to work. I'm trying to be more responsible. I'm trying to find work. I'm trying to pay my bills. Um, go to iTunes. Go to, you know what? Go to yamatat.com. Y-A-M-A-T-A-T. Because that's short for the podcast. If you're, if you're listening to this and you're not sure if you want to subscribe, click get it on iTunes through yamatat.com or scroll down to the bottom check it out on stitcher or you could check it out on the podcast tab in through yamatat.com and you can listen to it on there you can also download it on there and listen to it somewhere else anywhere i don't know but <clears throat> point is i've made it easy for you guys to get the podcast and uh if you would rate it and review it and tell people about it spread the word that's the biggest way that uh, people hear about podcasts. So really helps the show. Um, Duplex Comedy Suplex is on a hiatus right now, seeking a new venue and, um, you know, just reaching out everywhere uh, to everyone. And uh, if anyone, uh, you know, needs a comedy show, I got it. <laughs> it's great. It's a great show. Just, you know it's every thursday once uh, once it's in session um my twitter is dougathan d-o-u-g-a-t-h-a-n uh the show's twitter is yamatat and there's a donate button through paypal on yamatat.com i also have a gofundme going because of uh my lyme disease and hopefully trying to get treatment and um it's been weird, but I've been working a little more lately, which is good, but I'm not going to say that that stream will continue because uh, that would be trying to predict the future. And, well, uh, we all know how well we're, we all are at... Nope. Those words were wrong. We all know how good we are. We all know how good we all are at predicting the future. See, you guys didn't know how long I was going to take to say that sentence. You didn't. And now you do. Uh, anyway, I'm rambling. Um, go, t you know what? I here comes the episode. Get ready to yam it up with me and Mike Kaplan.
interesting thing about it is she, I think, got her own age wrong. <laughs> she told me what year she was born and how old she believes she is. <laughs> and I did the math and checked with a friend who was born the same month of the same year. And they're one off. <laughs> it's quite a thing. What if it was the um, the like faking your age thing so ingrained? I mean, just... it happened. But also, she's she's really a year younger than she thought. <laughs> well, that could mean that she feels wiser. She definitely is wise, which is why it's also strange that. <laughs> I mean, who cares about this? Age. Age isn't anything but two numbers, That's apparently. True. That is true. All right. Sure. There's a there's a um, twelve year gap between me and my girlfriend. Oh wow. Uh, which direction? Um, she's twelve years younger. Got it. How old are you? I am thirty three. Oh okay. Yeah. So she's twenty one. All right. That's fine. <laughs> That's cool. How long? How old was she when she started dating? <laughs> About, been about seven years. Yeah, we we met we met when she was nineteen, and then like a year and a half passed, and then we reconnected. And... Hey man, that's cool. Yeah, there's a girl that I have I met and like went on some dates with, and might still be dating a little bit. I'm Polly. She's Polly. Yeah, we like hung out like a fair amount, like once a week for like a month, and then sort of have just been friendly. But then she's like, Hey, can we get get together again? And she turns twenty one today <laughs> and i'm older than you <laughs> so i like you you laugh at the things i say <laughs> we're doing great you know sometimes the inflection helps <laughs> i i do know inflection is not everything but some of it nice skull bong am i close enough should i be closer do i need this thing Oh, it's cool. Uh, great. Yeah, we've got the uh, bi-directional going. Okay. I've got the game kicked up to about half. So. Okay. So should I... Do you want me to be any particular... Yeah. Um, distance? No, Th this is good? Yeah. Great. Yeah. As long and as there's volume. Cool. And we're cool to stop by 645-ish? Mm-hmm. Great. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Just let me know when it's got to... Uh, oh, yeah. Evacuate. I'll and keep then we'll... an eye... Uh, <laughs> I'll check every once in a while. To use a bathroom code. Exactly. <laughs> you get it. When the evacuation needs to begin. But that's also a code from, you know, sci-fi movies sometimes. I but, do understand. And um, Now, is this the podcast? Have we started? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's coming. I understand. <laughs> so, how you been? Good. It's been, it's been a long time. Since, it has. Since that last time. That sounds true, but also it's just like it was. <laughs> we're older, hopefully wiser. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're different, yeah. different molecules, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. different brains, <laughs> different bodies. <laughs> Who are you again? Regenerated. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm. I don't remember when it was, but it was I feel a couple, like a couple of years. A couple of years ago. I keep a new thing that I've done uh, since last year. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Sure, yeah, I'll take your thing full of stuff that I definitely know how to do and don't have to think about which part goes in my mouth. Uh, I think this part doesn't go in my mouth. Correct. I light this part. Mm -hmm. My mouth filled with smoke. And then 
emptied of it. <coughs> That's enough for me. I don't like the feeling of fire in my body very much. All right. But I like right. communing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the thing that I started doing last year, inspired by friend of me and you, Zach Sherwin. Mm-hmm. Zach, for the past many years, has kept every day a uh, sort of like a, a brief journal of like what he did the day before. Like some one of the things he does in the morning is like not extensive, but he's just like, you know, went to this place, did this thing, yeah. had this coffee, had this meeting. I do the same thing. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. So I started doing it, but even more extensively, like kind of like, you know, a journal, like a diary-ish thing. Yeah. Of I try to do it now... Now, I usually, here's my ideal morning situation. I wake up, I meditate for 20 minutes with the app Headspace, thus far is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then I do this, there's a website called 750words.com, which is like morning pages, like the artist's way recommends. And so I write for the next, it's usually about 10-ish, give or take a minute or two, minutes of just like stream of consciousness stuff, sort of, you know, continuing to get out the, you know mental toxins yeah. like what's going on you know just what's happening sometimes it you know leads to creative things sometimes it's just like what am i worried about what do i want to address yeah. uh then usually it used to be that i would just get up and immediately look at email and so i try not to do that until after all this yeah. and then now i've just started after the morning pages will do the journal entry where it used to be i would sometimes go like days or sometimes like a week without i'm like what did i do on tuesday a week ago and i'll look at my schedule like i had a show at night i'm sure i did other things before that but now it's nice to be like oh yesterday i got up i meditated i did this and then you know i'm like oh yeah and then i just put like the broad strokes of things and then later sometimes fill in from my recorder if i jotted things down more details that you remember yeah like oh i had this this good conversation this is where i came up with this idea which Mm -hmm. is valuable to be in life uh did i say valuable to be in life or valuable to me in life it sound i tried to do one it sounded like the other both work which is which both work uh b's and m's you know uh so this is all number two all b's and m's um yeah but uh so i really enjoy doing that and the reason i brought it up now is ah that is one thing that is different since last time number one but also it makes me realize even if i look back at like so every every 10 days or so zach and i will exchange an email in addition to the other communications we do but i thought it'd be fun this year starting in 2017 uh sort of inspired by the way that I understand the Jehovah's Witnesses to uh, ideally celebrate... They, we think of them as having no holidays, but it's because every day is literally a holy day. Every day is a gift from God created to be the holiest possible. Oh. And that is, uh, as in my understanding, the reason why they have, quote-unquote, no holidays, yeah. because every day is one. So I've started naming each in my journal entry, taking the thing that happened that day and be like, what is the holiday that is this day? So, like, for example, and some days we'll have multiple holidays. Like, some days we'll only have one, but some days, most of them, in fact, we'll have many. So today will include, like, you know, podcasting with Doug Day. It might be, that might be the holiday. I might call it something else, depending. But as a, at the bare minimum, there will be something it reflects, because this isn't a thing that I do every day. It might be, we might only do this once this year. So, uh, man, be nice to do it every year, but it doesn't have to be. It could be once forever. I'd like that once a year. And even sometimes there are things that I do multiple times a year, but I'll, you know, try to figure out, the hope is that I do something different every day to be able to celebrate. Uh, and especially, I mean, and it's not that hard in my life because 
uh, I don't have a nine to five job. I don't do quote unquote the the same thing every day other than meditate and write and write this journal. Yeah. Uh, so I, I find it valuable for me in a where all my days don't have you know a set schedule or structure other than like probably I have a show at night and maybe I do other you know there's nothing specific between yeah. morning and night. I'm like what do I do? I structure it myself. So in it when I do all my days are different. It's nice to have a thing or two that are the same yeah. about each day, if I can, have them be that way. And I, I imagine if you do have a nine-to-five out there listening, like, if most of your days are the same, then I think it could, you could benefit from probably having something different every day. <laughs> and so I that's yes. what I, I like to have this thing, like, where I'm like, these are the holidays that today was. And the reason that I brought this up is, like, when you're like, what's new? I'm like... When I look back, oh, so here's the thing. We're almost there to, to the answer to the question you asked, which a lot of people just say, not much. But, and the answer might end up being not much. But here, zooming in on that, not much. Here's some of it. Uh, the So every 10 or so days, Zach and I will send each other an email of the names of the holidays of the past 10-ish days, just for fun. Uh, to be like, because sometimes we name them fun, and it's fun to see. Yeah. Like, because we also talk on the phone pretty frequently, so I like mostly know of oh, the things that he's done. So also, if there's a thing that he named, I'm like, what's that thing? Then it'll be like a fun new thing to talk about, yeah. my friend with, uh, with my friend. That's a fun, creative way to create conversation. It's great. Like we often like you know when a thing happens that's of note, we'll be like, oh wow, I definitely am gonna tell Zach about this thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we'll send each other a thing, a text that says like AI, which stands for agenda item. We'll be like AI, <laughs> talk about this thing. <laughs> And so now we have an additional layer, level, of of this stuff. And it sort of gets gets to the point yeah. where, like, you know, ha uh, Hasidic Jews, Orthodox Jews, like, have lots of, like, prayers for everyday situations. Like, mm -hmm. in some ways, like, so much of their life can be regimented, which, you know, in the worst version of it, I, I think lends them lends itself to uh, they, a lot of... there's I think there's a disproportionate amount. I don't know the, the science for sure, but speculatively, anecdotally, from what I know about people who've interacted with the community a lot and have been part of it, mm -hmm. is that OCD runs more rampant in that community oh, wow. than a lot of communities, partially maybe because this is what the brain... In a, in a thing where the motivation of it, the motivation of having these prayers and the actions to take uh -huh. in everyday situations is to help make you, like, calm down so you don't have to be like, what do I do? I can do anything. Which the whole day's open. OCD in itself. Oh, yeah. And so the, the goal, it was a, supposed to be a solution to the problem of, like, hey, relax. We've got you taken care of. But then if you're, like, too far in that direction, you know, like, the, the extremes. Now. Yeah, the are almost. Serenity, no, 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 and no, and no, and no, and no. Um, so yes, the point is, uh, when I look back at these 10 days and see like, oh wow, that's what I was doing 10 days ago, it seems so far in the past because of, I think partially because I'm remembering everything, you know, I'm like, wow, there was so much stuff in each day. Like, as I remember each day, each day is, you know, 24 hours, 16 hours awake, whatever, even a little more, I think. I usually sleep maybe like six or seven hours. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, it at least multiple points of that day. Like, if I don't write down everything I did, like, a week later, I might not remember. Mm -hmm. But since now I'm looking at, like, all the important things yep. of the past 10 days, I'm like, each one, each day could have three things. I'm like, wow, that's 30 things. I, I'm like, 30 things in the future, not just 10 days in the future, <laughs> not just one week in the future. Yeah. So when you're like, how have things been for the past few years? I'm like, I, the past few days have been good. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm, this is new. Started meditating six months ago. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so the journaling thing, I've written in every day in my journal f for, f 
for since 2003, April 2003. Wow, great. That's around when Zach started, I think, as well. You guys are journal buds. <laughs> yeah. And um, the the impetus was the uh, the Mormon mission that I went on. Oh wow! To Dominican Republic. Were you Mormon? I right. Are like, you I, Mormon? I don't currently go. But I haven't been for a couple years. You were just... going on the mission as a Mormon. Yeah, to encourage other people to yeah, be Mormon. I did. That was your mission. Yeah. If you choose to accept it, <laughs> make other Mormons Mormon. Mormon impossible. That's uh, the joke that I'll. Jot down into my old digital recorder <laughs> as I pull it out now. Say it again. Sorry, you got to hear it twice, machine over there. But I'm saying it to this machine over here. This mission, if you choose to accept it, is to make other Mormons. You Mormon, that's Mormon impossible. Thank you. You could, uh, sorry I didn't tell you, you could have just skipped forward through that. But look, Doug's laughing a second time. You could laugh. I'm going to stop recording on this now. But let's keep the podcast going. I don't only like you because you laugh a lot at the things I say, Doug, but I definitely, that is a component. That's what, if you were a journal entry, that would be one of the holidays. That's not my cup. Picked up an empty mug that's not mine. Ah, I can remember mine says Paul because that's not my name. Great. The other one doesn't even have any names on it. It belongs to us all. It belongs to us. Paul. Thank you, Doug. You did a good job. You did the thing. So you were you were on this Mormon mission and you started journaling. Yeah. As I understand, I'm the interviewer now. That's that's actually true. Yeah, that's when I started uh, journaling. But because it was an official part of what you were supposed to do there. No, it was captain's a, log. It was a goal that I had. Hmm. I, I, I um so a, a f- my friend's dad spoke to like our church class one time mm-hmm. and. Was it a, uh, you mean, so did you go to a public school or a Mormon-related school? Oh, no, public school, but, but the church class on the was weekend, like Sunday school on got Sunday. It. Yeah. Got it, And um Sunday so, school on what day? <laughs> go on, please. Uh, Monday? I for, it doesn't really matter. Shit. All the days are one day. <laughs> so this one day. Time, yeah. <laughs> time passes through us all. So, we are never present. We oh, are yeah. only current because. Ooh, I like that. We're, like, current flowing through, mm-hmm. like, alternating, direct. We yeah. are currently living. I like it. Because we are not now alive. Because now already happened. Oh, sure. What about what about now? Oh, that one, too. Okay. <laughs> I thought I had you. I was like, this now, definitely. Oh, oh, oh there goes that one, too. Oh, oh boy. Oh, oh okay. I'm going to get one. I'm going to get one. No, I'm gonna, how about a uh, second from now? Oh, no, that one. Oh, God. That isn't now. Yeah. But now is... Oh, uh, so, friend dad came to your class and said, start journaling. Well, he, uh, so he had written a lot of journals throughout his life, and he said, uh, he just had this box full of journals, and he was telling us, and I think he went through a couple entries and was just like, oh man, this was so many years ago, blah, blah, blah. And it was just inspiring to hear him go, the more I, the more I write, the more I wish I'd written. Oh, that's, yeah. Because... Because yeah, the more that's you, yeah. Yeah, the more take a you, note. Quote: Write yeah. about your own personal history. The more you wish you'd written back, back in before you started writing. I have a new email pen pal uh, mm-hmm. who uh, I just got an email from the other day, and she said something like a sentence structure like that as well. That was like beautiful. Like the more I learn, the more I know I want to learn. You know those kinds of things. Yeah. Like that. The more, of course, like we're. As, as each of these human bodies, like, exist, like, we're not going to do all of the things. Mm-hmm. And that the more that we do, the more enlightened or educated or knowledgeable or experiential, all the more you're like, oh, wow, like, you know, the 
it's like zooming out faster. Like you're zooming out on like everything that you'll never be or do or have or think. I'm yes. not. I'm not like regretting that. Like you can't. Like oh man, I'll never meet billions of people. Like what a you know what a thing that. I mean, you can kind of mourn that as well. Uh, I'm uh that's a, on my mournman mission. Uh, morning. It's our morning meeting where we just get together and mourn every morning. Um, mourn the loss of the things you'll never do and never be, and it it helps me value. The things that I do want to be, and you know, the the moments that I that are just zooming by as we are current. Uh, morning in the morning. <laughs> the, oh God, that's so good. That's that's a new thing. The the radio show is there. Do you think that there is a Mormon DJ? More, you're listening to Mormon in the morning. Come on in. I thought you had your had your quiet reflection. We'll do that right now. All right. <laughs> Do you guys, do we have that, or is that just Jehovah's Witnesses, or is that just Quakers? I think it's Quakers. My bad. I don't know why I'm doing this voice, but uh, this is the way I think of a radio DJ. Yeah, sorry I confused my own faith, Mormonism, with uh, Quakerism. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm sure they're both focused on peace. I think that's a, a priority, so uh, I hope that there's forgiveness involved as well. Uh, I forgive myself. Hope you forgive me. Hope we are all one. Thank you very much. I'll take my forgiveness off air. Wait, I'm the caller? I thought I was the guy. Goodbye. That's all the time we have for today. Listen to these Mormon tunes. Doug. You're a guy. I mean, I really appreciate the, fe- the 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 enjoyment that you are having. I like that thing, but you know that in that at flow state or whatever, like just that fun, you know, that you can get into. I know, like Pete Holmes calls them like playground bits or playground jokes, where you yeah. just like you set it up and you're like, well, I can just keep, yeah. I just keep going, yeah. and. Like, those, there's certain people in my life that I've just been thinking about. Like, in fact, the pen pal that I just mentioned mm-hmm. is a person that, like, we've only, you know, we met a month ago. Yeah. Uh, friend of a friend. Mm-hmm. And our friend was like, you guys should be friends. And then we're like, great. We, we trust you. We believe you. And she is right. We are friends. And, <laughs> like, sometimes, like, when she asks, like, one question, uh, like, even, I think she asked me, like, how was your day? And that was interesting to me because, like, I got the email in the morning. I do my emails a lot in the morning where it's, like, she might have, she has a job she does all day. So maybe her leisure time and addressing like you know personal emails is at night so she's like oh how was your day a question that she would be like you know the golden rule etc like oh i'll ask a question that i'd like to be asked like at the end of the day how was it but i'm like oh getting asked how was your day at nine in the morning is also like it i mean this one is this it's pretty good like pretty not not done with it yet but i mean you don't know when i'm getting this obviously but it's really interesting like it's different than how is your day what are you up to today like how was your yesterday like that's like what's the what's the question what's the thing and so like all that like sprung out the point here is all that sprung out of just like how was your day she said four things and i mean obviously it's not just that but other things that she says like like plant like these seeds to create this sort of like idea harvest i'm like oh wow i could just like keep pulling these out this email is going to be real long this bit's going to keep going real far even the concept of an idea harvest like i had the concept in my head for years but never put those two words together until this last email with this pen pal and i'm like look at that i just harvested the idea of an idea a harvest. Thank you, pen pal friend whose name I'm leaving out for whatever reason, privacy, that's fine. You don't need to know her name. You know it's a her. It's totally fine. But the point is that she's a person like this and you're a person like this that like I you're you're you know you 
just are helpful and inspirational and just like you're just being even just my idea of you like uh like there's a guy a friend of mine abe smith i'll give his whole name for because he was he was a comedian and maybe and still is a comedian i think he's maybe more of an actor now yeah. he does a lot of things he's wonderful he was uh one of the most like one of the youngest successful comedians i knew when i was starting he was like 19 and he was working full-time as a comedian mm-hmm. and uh i remember like leaving him voice messages like when that was a thing that you were still allowed to do uh, with your friends and they're not like why are you not texting me before texts uh, you know it was like 10, 10 to 15 years ago I would say it is mm-hmm. now uh, in the early 2000s when I started doing comedy I met this guy mm-hmm. I would leave him a message and I think the message would end up being like three minutes because I would just like imagine him listening to it and then like have all these different paths pop up of like, oh, this could go this. Way. I'll try to do yeah. all, try to have all the fun to let my friend have all the fun that I'm like, wow, hey man, I'm having a lot of fun thinking of things to say to you. I'm gonna say those things to you. I hope you're having the fun. Like, you know, call me. the reason I'm leaving the message is just so that you know, you know, we're friends and it's fun and it's like never a specific. And so similarly, like the same thing is happening. Even the telling of this to you is like going on longer than need be. Uh, so that's that's how things have been. Awesome. How have you been? I've been all right. Things have been crazy, hectic. Um, I mentioned my girlfriend earlier. Um, she's. Do you talk about her on the podcast frequently? <laughs> Is this the first time? Did, I've, did I've, you guys know? <laughs> I've talked about her a couple of times, but she uh, she's in the hospital right now. Oh my god! I'm sorry for liver failure. Wow. And. Last I heard is there's been some good news. Oh, that's and great. That was a text from her brother through her phone. Sure. Which was preceded by a, a mass text to like the last couple of people I think she'd talked to and. Sure, sure. Um, but it's crazy because I've I still haven't met her family. Oh wow! But you're getting texts from them now. Right. You're very but, close now. But I, I haven't mean... for like a week and a half and so i'm like in the dark and i'm like hmm. i don't know what's happening oh wow is she okay wow yeah i'm glad that you got the i'm glad that you're getting information like i hope the information <laughs> is good and that the future is full of her getting better yeah same uh, here oh man having that liver pass mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. if it's a pass fail system or getting yeah just getting that new one you know? i'd like to see that ever that liver like ace the system <laughs> Sorry, I said Iver. I made a mistake. I'm a human being. I'm not a robot. Much as people call me robotic sometimes, because of the way I'm talking right now, I am a human creating these sounds. Is this a freestyle rap? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Doug on the beatbox. I'll give you this heat talks. Heat talks, because they're hot, and I'm dropping them like that song. What? What song? I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm rhyming here, and I'm going to give you things to do without. You'll be doing without these rhymes in a little bit. But for now, enjoy these times, and it's fine. I rhymed rhyme with times and got self-conscious about it, because I'm not on this doing the same thing as other people. I mean, I am doing the same thing as other people, and eventually... Man, that was fun. That was awesome. Uh, so I understand you want to talk about experiences with mushrooms. Yes, absolutely. So last time we talked, I told you about mushrooms, and you hadn't ever done mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And since then, I you graduated mushrooms. to doing mushrooms, yes. and I started doing ayahuasca. <laughs> um, did we talk about that last time I was here? I don't know. I don't if it was, think so. I started doing that in late 2014. So it's a cup. It's probably well, maybe, maybe it's possible. Yes. It, but it was very, it was new to me. Yeah. It's like, I'm, so. you know, I'm, I'm on a wholly different plane now. So like, <laughs> I, I'll listen to your mushroom talk, but, uh, that's kitty hallucinogenic <laughs> stuff. This is not the way. Um, I've seen Nirvana <laughs> yeah. in the start of the universe. I'm, so I yeah. guess I'll come back to down to mushroom. Hey talk. man, I saw Nirvana in Seattle, uh, yeah. back in 90. Uh, 
I saw them in the universe. So Seattle's in the universe, man. Okay, you got me. Exactly. We're both exactly. wise. I like the the idea of guru, like the holier than thou guru. Like, um, uh, sure, yeah. Oh, uh, pot, yeah. I mean, you can see the truth there, but. Uh, there's some different truths, man. Whatever. Yeah. When you do I mean, ayahuasca yeah. three times a day, it's yeah. just... When the... you've been doing it as long as I have, which you'll never be because I started doing it before you, so you'll always be a few classes behind me until I die, and then you die, and then we're the same person, and everything's fine. Uh, so how's, how's mushrooms? So mushrooms was amazing. How many? You did it once? More than once? Once I've done it okay, once, great. And, I, and after the whole experience, I said out loud and to myself, "I could feasibly see myself doing this once a month." That's great for the rest of my life. I mean, <laughs> and that's the thing. Uh, you know, sometimes one time when I did a podcast talking about mushrooms, my grandmother, who's on Facebook, mm-hmm. saw the you know sort of log line or the ad or the whatever the summary of the podcast yeah. that was posted on Facebook, and she's like, "It said that we talk about mushrooms," and she was like, "What are mushrooms?" <laughs> And uh, my mom, I also taught my mom what mushrooms are after she heard me talk about them on a show. She's like, what is it to do mushrooms? And I'm like, well, and like now as an, I never, you know, as a kid, they were, I grew up in a very sort of, you know, like uh, not conservative, but just like parents who were like, don't do drugs, yeah. don't smoke, don't drink, you know, protective, I, I think, quote unquote, normal. Like, I guess I've had like, I've met people since like in comedy and also just in the world who's like parents did smoke pot and didn't tell their kids not to smoke pot. Maybe eventually like smoked pot with their kids. Yeah. Like I'm like, oh, that's not my experience. But <laughs> Same here. but now in my 30s, like when when I performed for my parents, like ta- having had like I didn't start I didn't smoke pot till I was like 24. I think I started doing mushrooms in the next year or two. Yeah. And like that was all I did for like the next 10 years till a few years ago uh, when I discovered ayahuasca. Maybe I did like acid once, but it wasn't whatever. And I did Molly a couple times. And, uh, and that, but that was like of, of the things that I did regularly and in bulk. Like mushrooms were like my favorite, yeah. and like pot never really did it for me. But I also like was sort of like, don't tell your parents. Like why? Why talk about it with them? I don't think like they're. I don't know if they even like. I don't know if my parents have what drugs they've done. Like it'd be interesting for me to learn. I'll try to ask. But yeah, yeah after a show where I talked extensively about, I think that they're fine now because they're like, oh, you're a functional adult. Like you made it. We did it. Like you didn't, you know, like fry your brain too yeah. soon or like do a dangerous thing. Uh, I just realized that pot's the only drug that it sounds dumb to say I did pot. Like I did Coke. I did mushrooms. I did LSD. I did, you know, acid. I did heroin. I did everything. I did drugs. And people are like, I did pot. They're like, dummy. <laughs> You idiot. That's not the one. Pot's not a drug. Uh, According to the measure by if you can do it, it's a drug. But uh, the point is uh, now, yeah, my grandmother was like, what are are mushrooms? And I was like, oh, uh, they're like, they're a hallucinogenic substance that's not addictive. And I do from time to time. And she and she wrote back. She was like, oh, not long as it's not addictive. And so like, that's the thing that people worry about. And so like, I've I've never done nobody that I know has ever done mushrooms and thought, I have to do this tomorrow. You know, I got to do this every... Like, I've heard people talk about, like, doing it in, like, high school while also drinking and, like, on the weekends, just, like, every weekend, man. I'd be like, that sounds nutso. I mean, it's fine to do... You can do whatever you want, but, like, for most people... I think, yeah, the maximum that I would do mushrooms on average. Like, I've done them, like, a couple times in a month just mm-hmm. if circumstances were like, oh, one friend wa- had them here and another friend had them here. But All if right. But if First I got, time. like, if I got... <laughs> 
you know, I'm trying, I certainly would never do it. I don't think I would ever do it like on a weekly basis. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's basically like you'd have to take like a Sabbath, you know, it's like, it's basically a yeah. day you where you're like, day, gotta, yeah. gotta, gotta take care of all the business. Yeah. Gotta, and then turn off the phone and relax. <laughs> Uh, like, one of my guidelines for myself when I'm on Mushrooms is, like, I can have the phone to, like, look at the time. Mm-hmm. But if, like, I'm with a friend and we talk about, like, oh, do you know this joke by this comedian? I should show you the set. Or, like, oh, you don't know this song? We should listen. Anytime, like, outside, like, electronic media comes up, like, we'll make a note of it. Like, I'll keep my recorder to get ideas. Yeah. Like, to write down, like, you know, the jokes that I'm coming up with or the life philosophies that I think are important. Mm-hmm. Which is often a struggle to be, like, remain in the moment or, you know, capture some of these, <laughs> yeah. these nows for later. Because... It's cool. Uh, and I, I try to maintain an ideal balance of being in the moment. I'll be in the moment like 90%, which is the thing that I was going to say. Uh, when I started journaling in uh, college, prob- when I, I actually started in high school, but then I remember thinking in college, like, what, college was when I started to actually have, like, more life to live. Yeah. I had to make choices about, like, how much time do I have to write? And I was like, I can't be just writing all the time and not living. Mm-hmm. Gotta live, I think, live more than writing. Like, And so I was like, live 90%, write 10%. Like, as a thing, because, like, the more you write, you're like, oh, I want to write more. And sometimes, like, writing is living. Like, if you write for a living, yeah. if, like, you create art, if you create music mm-hmm. or comedy or, you know, literature or nonfiction, whatever writing is, that's when, that's what I was thinking about when you said the guy who was like, oh, the more I write, the more I wish I, I'd, I'd wish I'd written. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is, uh, I mean, and that's the thing, I like to take regret and, you know, alchemize it as much as possible into like future not regret. Yeah. Like if you're like, oh no, I did a thing that I didn't want to. Well, then never do that thing again yep. or try not to. Yep. Like have never have a future self have to have that regret and then it becomes a positive thing because, you know, obviously if you hurt somebody, like you can apologize, you can't ever undo a thing, mm-hmm. but all you can do is undo future potential doings. Yeah. Which is a fun new way of saying it. Nice idea harvest. <laughs> uh <laughs> But yeah, so, so on, the yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you. The point is, anyone considering mushrooms, consider them. Uh, if you're not considering yeah. it, consider it. Yeah. But you don't. You don't have to. Like I'm never. You know, I never want to talk anybody hardcore into doing a thing that they don't want to do. But if you're worried about it being addictive, it's almost. I mean, it's I've never not, heard of it. Yeah, I, I know. It's a thing you do it, and it's an intense experience. Yeah. And like, did you? When did you? So lay, lay it out for me if you'd like to, as much as you want to, as much as you want to share. Like of questions of like. Where did you do it? Uh, like, where did you take them? Where did you stay? Did you go places? Were you here? Were you in a natural environment? Were you with friends? How many friends had they done it before? Was there anybody experienced? Yeah. And what time did you start doing it? And what time did it end? Those are my main questions. Okay. So it was here. Um, most of the time was spent in the living room, mm-hmm. chilling out. Me and two friends. Great. Um, one friend had done them a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. One or uh, maybe a handful of times. Mm-hmm. One friend had done them. Uh, a handful's a good amount to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's about an eighth. Yeah. yeah, I think I've done pot about like a lungful of times. Yeah. <laughs> a lung or two. Yeah, yeah, maybe a stomach full when I've done edibles. <laughs> yeah, try not full though. <laughs> so one of them had done it a handful of times. The other one, uh, one or two times. That's great. And, like uh, a lot, or, or a little, one, nothing. Yeah, and then I had done them no times, and so um, we were all on three different levels of high. The friend who had done them um, a handful of times was like chilling out on the floor and like looking up at the ceiling like this ceiling dances on mushrooms mm-hmm. it is amazing and um, did you look at the ceiling and you're like i don't see it oh no no i you looked at the ceiling okay. and i said i know that that's not moving but i see that it's moving oh and yeah. i like that <laughs> that's I was, great i was very cognizant the whole time of everything that was happening that's great yeah and um and that's it. What I understand, mushrooms does like psilocybin. I think shuts down certain pathways, mm-hmm. 
and but and serves to either through that you know proportionally or maybe also like highlights other ones so like your brain's not like pot this is the thing that i don't like about pot for me yeah. most kinds of pot that i've had like shut do the shutting down and then it feels good sometimes depending what's happening but i don't have that you know cognitive control yeah. i'll forget things more mm. but where and mushrooms i can forget things but i i can but i'm coherent i'm i'm usually like oh yeah this thing, that thing, like you're like you're describing, it makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't take away anything cognitively valuable. Right, and, and it sometimes it starts to enhance. Yeah, it definitely enhances. I saw, I saw, um, the paint, the uh, the ink on the poster for the duplex comedy suplex. I saw it kind of like, it looked like it was running like a little bit, and and then I thought, wait a minute, maybe. Because everything is always in motion, maybe when you're seeing things melt, quote unquote, and while you're on mushrooms, you're seeing it actually in motion. Ah, uh-huh. the layers peel back. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I, I mean, I we I was seeing time, and I just had all these tweets. I did all these tweets. Oh great. I was like, oh, sure. If there's only some way the world could hear all my ideas right now, Twitter. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So that's the thing. I I will record my ideas, but I don't think I usually send them out in real time during. But maybe I'll do that sometime. But I, the point that I was getting to earlier, which is not important at all, I care more about your experience and hearing about this. But I, I care about it all. Uh, but I also care about finishing the thoughts and ideas. I didn't finish the thing saying that my guideline is like no outside media. Like I mean, guidelines can be you know, bent and broken if you want to. Yeah. But because you know, one time I went to I went to see the movie Avatar on mushrooms yeah. and you know the idea might be people are like oh wow was it really cool and i'm like it was really cool but like mushrooms are really cool <laughs> and in fact and like avatar i don't know how avatar is not on mushrooms but i imagine it's like that 3d that they had was like new at the time and so that was like a really cool potential thing uh and so like maybe mushrooms improved avatar a little or maybe it didn't but definitely i think Mushrooms separate from Avatar would have added up to more experiences. So the fact that I can, like, when, I, when I'm on mushrooms, I'm like, be on mushrooms. Yeah. Don't be doing yeah. other things. Don't be taking in. Don't be consuming. Let your mind think. Be creating. Be producing. Mm-hmm. And, like, later you can edit and analyze. And then if you had ideas to be like, oh, I should watch... I should... Oh, you've never seen Nick Vatterot's Fallon set? You should watch Nick Vatterot's Fallon set. Let's do it later when we're not on Mushrooms, because it'll be trippy enough. Yeah. Have you seen that set? No. Oh, man. Check it out. Nick you, Vatterot. Nick Vatterot Fallon. I think he was only on Fallon once. It was his first late night set. It's uh, wonderful. I, I thought of it... I mean, he's one of my favorites, yeah. and it's a thing that one time when I was on Mushrooms with friends, we did talk about during, and I did show my friends afterwards... <laughs> Uh, as we were like coming down, we're yeah. like, they're like, wow! <laughs> it was a cool thing to watch. Like, definitely, like, it, you know, if you're not totally up, like, if you're following my guidelines, which you don't have to, <laughs> there's like. But you should. I don't believe in shits. Uh, some shouldn't. Don't murder, please. Uh, hurt people in that way. Uh, or other. Less bad, but still bad ways. Like, here's a, a, a joke that I have that it's more of like a true thing that I've like, I'm like, I think this would be interesting to talk about. And I haven't figured out exactly all the ways to make it, you know, a funny joke that makes sense to tell all the time. But the the concept is about, uh, if you asked me, like, how do I live my life? Mm-hmm. And, like, left it open-ended. And we're like, tell us as many ways as possible as that question makes sense to you. Answer, how do you live your life? I would say, like, 
you know, the big philosophical concepts. I'm like, I try to live kindly, you know, compassionately, forgivingly. I try to be open mm-hmm. and care about, you know, other living conscious beings. Try to be thoughtful and mindful. Try to know that I'm not, you know, the be all end all of anything in the universe, in this world, in this building, in this room. Like we're all, you know, in this together in some way. We are all one universe, all one humanity, yep. consciousness in a way. And and also I know that I'm like fallible. Some of, some of the things that I think could be wrong, I'm open to learning. I'm op- I, am I open to learning that being open to learning isn't the way to be? That'll be <laughs> weird. Like I'm like I'm pretty sure like I'm pretty sure about some of the things. I'm like I think for sure being kind is a good guideline. I think try to do that. That's my thing. And it's like if you one. want these things, and so that's like I would spend a lot of time thinking about those things. Mm-hmm. And then okay, like, oh I'm not done. You still still more time to say how do I live? Then I would guess I would get into like you know the. Uh, you know, sort of more minutia, but just like, oh, well, here's what I do. Mormon like, usha. Mormon usha. Oh, you're good. Uh, that's that's the name of the uh, Mormon in the morning. Uh, usha coming at you here with Mormon usha on Mormon usha. Mormon in the morning. We're back. It's not morning. Oh yeah. You can turn it on any time of day because mm, time is a fiction. So <laughs> Mormon and the donkey. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for adding that part. Forgot about donkey here. Thanks for being. So kind and not jumping in before we introduced you, Donkey. Thank you. You did it. Thought I would have to do it. Was obviously went out on a limb. Didn't have to at all. You were the whole other tree. So thanks for being that tree. Uh, but so how do I live? I would go into more minutia. I gotta stop saying it like that. Uh, and like examples, I mean, that, and sort of like important minutia first. Be like, oh, every day I get up and I, you know, try to meditate in the morning and do this writing, and I try to like walk uh, in nature for at least a little while every day. I try to walk, you know, at least forty minutes a day just for exercise, but also fresh air. Also, like I think it gets my like moving physically makes my creative juices move as well. I'd be like those things, and then you know, like I try to you know be in touch with friends. I try to, you know, write and like, I try to play music and I try to like, you know, take in good things and be mindful of all my time because uh, I play violin and guitar uh, and many other string things. How long? long? Violin since age four and uh, guitar since high school. And uh, you, you've played consistently? Uh, Both? Well, since uh, guitar, definitely more consistently. Well, when I started, so yeah, violin every... I mean, theoretically, every day I was supposed to practice. Well, I'd be... I'm, I'm like, imagine how good I'd be if I did. And you it's know, fun to... You know, every yeah. time you practice, you wish you would practice. <laughs> That's why I practice so little, because I never practiced enough to be like, I want to practice more. I'm... So I guess like, now I'm like... It, it's great to be able to wish that, you know, your past self did things. Because, like, man, that's not me. That's There's a, a quote I like from The Prophet uh, by Khalil Gibran, and it, the quote is, the greater that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. And, like, it doesn't mean that you're guaranteed. The greater that sorrow... Carves into your being. The greater that sorrow, the great, the more sorrow you experience carved into your being, the more joy you can contain. So your ca- sorrow carves these like holes that. in you. Like, I just read this Taoist thing about how nothingness is often more functional than something. Like, for example, a cup. The part of a cup that makes it a cup is the nothing that it can be filled with tea that you can drink. If the cup had no nothing, if it was all something, then it wouldn't be a cup and it wouldn't be functional and you couldn't have any tea. You need nothing in a way, not more. Yeah, you the, you need to have the baseline. Like, I guess we gotta have something to have this nothing in. Then we can put something in this nothing and then we have that, you know. Empty vessel. So, yeah, you, you can't just be a full... <laughs> 
only an empty thing can have stuff put into it, have experiences, <laughs> have the current run through us. Um, and so going back to what was right before Taoism, do you remember, I'm almost there, uh, what led me to, more specifically a second ago, oh, uh, what question are we answering now? Oh yeah, the, what what to do during the day, oh yeah, the, mm. the sorrow carving, mm. whew, glad we got it. So the greater the sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. Uh, it doesn't mean that every sorrow leads to maximum joy, obviously, like, uh, some sorrow, like, stays with you, and sometimes it's still years later, but there are people like, you know, Stephen Colbert has talked about his father dying when he was a child, and two brothers, I think, in a plane crash, and he had yeah. other brothers and his mother, uh, and it was, you know, hor horrible, horrifying, yeah. but that, you know, she was always, you know, still, like, not bitter, he said, broken, but not bitter, and, like, they grew from this, and he, like, you know, eventually... You know, he went to college, he went to, you know, Chicago, I think, and started doing, like, improv and learned about loving the bomb, loving bombing. Yeah. Not only just, uh, you know, tolerating it or accepting it, knowing that it would happen, but when you're in it, you're like, well, this is it. <laughs> Which is, like, also sort of a, a very Buddhist thing to yeah. be like, oh, like, this is what's happening, yeah. so try to create, even if it's the most suffering you've ever experienced, like, you can experience it more joyfully. This is it. Or less, yeah, please, like, try it. to right be there, be there, <laughs> enjoy that suffering. And then eventually now this interview that I read with him in first in like in a magazine or in Judd Apatow's book, Sick in the Head, which is wonderful. Oh. These conversations that he had, some of them when he was 15, some oh. of them now yeah. uh, with, you know, some of the most successful comedians. I heard about, um, I think Judd was on uh, Smodcast. Sorry to interrupt. Sure, sure. We're I, having I a conversation. Judd was on Smodcast one time and I think um, he was talking about all the guests that he had gotten when he was younger. Like I think oh, yeah. interviewed Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just... <clears throat> all these people and and uh, by just calling and saying that he he yeah. was at the had a school radio station and he's like I work for a radio station and we'd like to interview this person while they're in this area and they be, and uh, it's just for a show Mormon in the morning and uh, yeah so yeah and then and so many times people will be like sure my comedian you know client will do this radio show and then he shows up and he's with a you know he's fifteen with AV club recording equipment and they're like well I guess you're here I'll talk to you. Uh, so yes, uh, he was on that. So you, uh, did you want to say more about that? Um, that was, that was pretty much it. Perfect. Yeah. So in the book, he interviews, uh, Stephen Colbert who talks about now, you know, I think maybe by the time he was in his thirties or forties, mm -hmm. like he had the experience of like being, you know, grateful for his life, grateful, you know, for all the good that was in it mm -hmm. and an appreciative of everything that came before that like led to him being in this place of gratitude, including losing his father. Like he's like in a way grateful for that experience. Not you know didn't wish for it to happen, yeah. but it happened. Yeah. And so grateful for what he experienced, grateful for what he learned. Yeah. And so ultimately, like the ultimate loving the bomb, like loving the fact that your father died when you were a child mm. because it contributed to the richness of who you are and yeah. what your life experience is. And you wouldn't Ooh. be you if you love. He's like I love my life and myself and my wife and my children or what all the things that he loves that might have gone completely differently. Yeah. Uh, otherwise gone differently. and so yeah for me uh, well I'm like so that's what happened to Stephen Colbert for me my mom made me play violin and I didn't like it so that was my sorrow yeah yeah I, you know from a distance it looks you can kind of see but you know I like I did hate playing the violin I didn't do it enough and the joke that I say sometimes when I uh, oh and I haven't even finished my ha 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 we're still in the middle of this maybe uh, back to how do you live? Um, but uh, I'll finish this violin thing first, which is, 
I yeah I I, I didn't did like practicing. it one but yeah oh I yeah did practice oh, yeah. piano I played piano for and six so years. it's fun and I was good I was real I was really good and if I had practiced more I could have if I did it all the time I could have been I could have been a professional musician yeah. I could have been like I was definitely you know I wouldn't have been like you know maybe a famous violinist but I could have been a working violinist in my understanding if I had worked a lot more obviously anybody can say that <laughs> and and also the thing that I'll say is like I'm like this is how good I am with like minimal practicing. <laughs> Uh, imagine how good I'd be, but it doesn't, practicing doesn't work like that. Like, at a certain point, after you're good, adding, like, you have to add a lot of practice to get a little better. But it's more fun to be like, imagine if the line just kept going straight up. Like, it's not an asymptote. I'm gonna be the best ever. Imagine! Yeah. I like that you're shredding on a violin. Uh, holding it sideways. Guitar solo oh, style. yeah. Absolutely. I like it a lot. Like, Metallica one, that one. Like, anyway. Pretty perfect impression. Uh, but yeah, so by the... So, violin carved this sorrow in me. And then when I started playing guitar, I had the skills in my hands. Yeah. I had the, uh, you know, the, the theory that I'd gone to classes every week, uh, like, like religious education. Like it was every Saturday. I knew it. And I love, I also loved theory was a thing that I loved because it was sort of like the math of it, which I, I was really into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was just so much. It was so much of my life. And I was like, Oh God, mom, no, you know, Oh God. But then eventually, and because I had to do it, the, the summer camp that I went to was founded by a man who studied with Maria Montessori and the camps based on like, you don't go to any specific subject at any specific time. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like, you know, you're in a play, then you got to go to the rehearsals, but you don't have to be in a play. You don't have to go to the art studio. You don't have to make a painting. You don't have to make a sculpture. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. You do whatever you want, whenever you want. You, you're you in charge of your schedule. And, and the, the founder would say, he's like, children don't like to be taught, but they do like to learn. Like when you're like, you do this. Like, hey, like I was taught to play the violin. I had to. It was mandated by my mom yeah. and I resisted. Yeah. But when the violin, I got to play the violin. I practiced hours a day. I didn't think of it as practice. I didn't think of it as work. I'm like, this is fun. I get to play the violin. Like, I don't have to play the violin. I get to play the guitar. I get to. And now it's really fun to think about anything that you think you have to do. (coughs) Maybe you do, quote unquote, have to do it. But it's, you know, uh, ideally, like, I was thinking about this the other day. I was on another podcast talking about, like, when people have a kid, uh, ooh, they get a kid. Uh, (laughs) You don't have to kid. You get to kid. That's me as a comedian. Um, But you know, if you want a kid and you have a kid and there's difficult things where you go, oh God, I got, I have to do these things. Yeah. It's funny, gotta and have to also, man, it's so weird. Uh, language, guys, some <laughs> words, other things, trying to focus on the content. Um, but like when people are like, oh man, I have to, but it's, you have to in the context of you get to because you want that kid, you want that experience. Yeah. And so you know, I'm not, you, you can feel however you want. And if this is valuable to you, you can have it. You don't have to have it, but uh, you get it if you want it. You get to have it. Uh, you get to get it. You don't have to have it. Uh, if you get it, you get it. I get it. Yeah. And I'll have it. Thank you. Yeah. I'll have the getting it, please. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to get it. One, yeah, one getting it, please. Oh, that's what I'll have. Oh, you the having it was already inside all this time. Um, so, I might listen back to this podcast. It's so much fun to have. Uh, so, I, but that's why, one of the reasons why I love the guitar is now because the grooves of sorrow yeah. were carved into me and I filled them with so much joy yeah. that I love now, which also led me to comedy. Like, it led me to want to be a musician. It led me to want to do all these things. Yep. So, that's why it's playing music, recording music, uh, is one of the things that I'm like, that's how I spend my life. How would I spend my time? I would like to do those things. Yeah. Uh, and at a certain point, if they're like, oh, I still, still answering the question of how I live my life, how I spend my time, I guess, okay, when I, when I get out of the shower, uh, I, I, generally speaking, like, towel, like, 
eight sides on the left, eight sides on the right of my head, you know, when I'm tallying my hair, eight sides on top and eight sides in the back, maybe a little flourish at the end. It's just like a regular kind of thing. It's not an important ritual, but it's like, it is what I do. If you're asking me, what do I do? That's the thing I do. And so the, this all started like, this is the way the joke goes, is to point out like, that's how I think the Bible got written. They're like, how, how are you supposed to, how do you live your life? And they're like, well, don't kill, don't do this. And also like, I guess this kind of cotton is what I wear. Like, don't ever mix the cotton with the other stuff. And don't like so many because there's so many guidelines that like aren't ethically real. It would be like if in the Bible it was like you and we drive on the right. It's definitely important to drive on the right. I'm like, I guess it's good to not smash into another car. It's important, yeah, don't smash into another car. Uh, and so it, it's good to everybody be on the same page. But the right, it doesn't have to be the right. It does. Other places do other sides. Okay, well we're gonna do the right, but no, it has to be. And then once something's written, you know, in you know in ink or etched in stone, as some of those things supposedly were. Uh, uh, then you're like, oh no, it's this is the way we do it. This is the way, and that yeah. that rigidity is a thing that leads to uh, some conflict in life. Exactly, I agree. Oh, so that's man. how I've been. I, oh, so, oh yeah. So uh, we're in the middle of your mushroom story so, as yeah, well. So uh, so after so after uh, starting on the weed and then um, moving into mushrooms and stuff, I, it made me it made me realize and think, you know, if if there is a a, a loving, caring God out there, mm -hmm. then he's probably way more chill than people ha. think. He is. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, let me say one one thing that I've gotten since uh, ayahuasca ceremonies began happening in me, in my life, mm -hmm. around me, to me, with me, of me, <laughs> under me, betwixt me, between me, <laughs> through me, for sure. Maybe most, yeah, all the prepositions are one. Um, I, I would say, like, when I think about the idea of, you know, I think about the idea of God, uh, and the idea that some people say, like, God is everywhere, and literally, if that were true, if God is, you know, filling this room because this is part of everywhere. God would also be filling our bodies because we're part of it. wouldn't be like God just stops at your skin. God would be like, there's so we're mostly space. I'm God would be in. all through us and also would be all the parts of us, you know, the space and not the space because every, because part, you're, everything you're, is... Yes, your, your, your energy, your mass, your, you know, the particles, the waves, all of you is part of everything. So if God is everywhere, then God is, then we are literally part of God, if that is so. And so when... So people and and the world, everything comprises God, and so that's why I think it makes when you know you, if you read the Bible, uh, and you're like in this one God is like you know kind, and in this one in this story God is you know vengeful, and it's like well sometimes people are kind and sometimes people are vengeful. So if God is made of all of the things in the universe, then aspects of this being will be kind and chill and cool and that's the kind that it's nice as i get older as i gain more experience know what i don't know don't know how like literally versus symbolically true any of this is but it's like nice stories to think about uh that could be true doesn't like i sometimes i think about ayahuasca and mushrooms being like you hallucinate the truth like in a way you're like oh is that true like what does it matter a layer peels back yeah and uh and so that's why, yeah, I like your idea of, like, we, God is as chill as we are, as if there are more chill people, then there is a more chill God. Yeah. And th if there's a God that's like, you have to do this work, this is important, you gotta keep going to the work factory and keep churning out the work, that's, uh, and here's, wanna have, get ready to have a little bit of extra fun. <laughs> Uh, some God, some versions of God are more chill, and other ones are like, you gotta work at the chore mill. <laughs> and that's a spoonerism. It's fun when spoonerisms actually mean a thing <laughs> and aren't just 
silly word combos. Uh, so, yes. I love one of my favorite candies is the caramel. I love what that's what caramel sounds like when you have a caramel and you're like, oh, yeah, I love caramel. Caramel, so good. Oh, God. Oh, I wish I could talk with a caramel. Oh, no, I have to get back on the radio. Oh, God. This is Mormon in the morning. My mouth, mouth donkey. You take it from here. Okay, good. You can eat uh, even with the caramel. That's so good. I didn't realize how, how long this caramel was. I knew it took a long time, but boy, boy, oh, boy. Whew, okay, well, oh, guys, let's cut, cut um, to a commercial. Um, we're getting, uh, yeah, we're getting a little feedback from the caramel and the mic. Can oh, you, uh, oh, God. Oh, I'm so, oh, okay, I'm, we're good. Oh, boy, sorry out there, everybody. Sorry about that. Thank you, Talking Donkey. I mean, who's also now on the, t we have a different Talking Donkey. Uh, so, the point is, yeah, there's a, perhaps... <laughs> whatever version of guide you subscribe to i would say yeah yeah like sometimes like there's there's we can there's no hell right? that's uh hell is a creation it exists in your mind and you can make it for yourself and sometimes when i do ayahuasca ceremonies there are like they talk about in peruvian lore there's like the realm of the dead and then, and then there's the this realm and then there's the heavenly realm and like sometimes like the first couple times i did it i was like heavenly realm and then other times later i would be like oh god you know like oh, and it would be very yeah and like then river sticks. Be, and sometimes it would go yeah up, up and down river sticks river stone you know um um, River Phoenix, yeah. River Phone. I read a little poem. Rivers Cuomo. Yeah. Rivers Cuomo. River Tome. We're writing a whole book. Rivers Joan. Oh, man. How did that happen? Boy. River Sticks. River Stone. Rivers Cuomo. Rivers Joan. Uh, get an agent on the River's phone. I want to hire you to write a river's tone. Ah, leave a message at the river's tone. Boy, oh boy. This is a fun idea harvest. So, yes. you you had these, you know, things happen in your brain and body. Mushrooms, yeah. The mushrooms and the um one of the, one of the ideas that I had and uh was a the comic book characters. And um cuz we were we were all sitting around and um my own friend was like just doing this like sifting sand that like goes through your fingers and it there was literal k sand kinetic kinetic sand you know? okay the, the, i don't know it oh it, i guess it sticks together more than regular sand and you just I, had it in your home yeah okay he, that's cool he's got some okay great great <laughs> great, great great so he was he was looking through it and he and and he goes what if there was a superhero that could see through time and then i go yeah yeah and and she she sees through time, and then she has to go stop the crimes before they happen. And you know what her name is? Hourglass. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, that was when I started tweeting. Ha ha ha! Great. Read comics. And have you read Watchmen? I have not. Watch. You've heard of it? Yes. It's a. I've seen the movie. And I mean, the book. The movie's it, not a great. I mean, it's fun. It, or... it 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 tells the story, yeah. but Alan Moore, who wrote it, mm -hmm. is one of the greatest geniuses I've ever known. Like, he's... The things that he's created... I mean, that is, like, a masterpiece. V for Vendetta as well. And then he wrote this book called Promethea, mm -hmm. uh, which is about, like, sort of myth and, and story and as it interacts with the real world. And, I mean, obviously, me saying it doesn't do... Like, go read that book. Read, read all of Alan Moore. Well, if you want to. You don't have to. <laughs> but uh, recommended. Not a, not a bad time to spend your... Not a bad way to spend your time. <laughs> not a bad time to spend your ways. 
Um, I don't make mistakes. <laughs> Just keep on moving. Uh, that was the the version of me from before that made the mistake. Not this guy. Oh boy, phew. Thank yeah. Oh, you want to talk to that guy, but he is he's gone. Gone. He's gone, man. Uh, that's actually an idea I'd like to capture for the future. He was then. Later. Yeah, I, he was then. I'm not even now. I'm a different guy. The guy telling you, uh, yeah, uh, oh, I didn't make a mistake. That was the guy of me who doesn't exist anymore. The guy of me. Well, I didn't mean to say that. I mean, it wasn't me. It was that guy of me. That version. The past version. Oh, yeah, you want to talk to that guy, but he is no longer. You can only talk to me. Nope, not that guy anymore. Either. Pretty fun. Also wanted to remember the idea of not regretting. Uh, having it be future, having turning alchemizing regret into future, not regret. And I don't regret saying this, but if I didn't, I also wouldn't. I would have stri- strove, strove, Str- not to, strive. strived. I would have done some striving, Struve? and the striving that I was doing would have been pertaining to uh, not re- not regretting. Oh yeah, I, some real good thriving, striving. <laughs> uh, once one of the first songs that I wrote. When I was uh, 15 to 17-ish, there was a guy named Ivan. Uh, guitar. Yes. Yeah, one of my first guitar songs. Uh, it was about uh, this guy, Ivan, who taught guitar at the camp. It was like the chillest dude. Yeah. Like, if every guy was like this, we'd be like, God is real chill. Look at how many Ivans he made. And so he would like like play and we'd like, you know, people, would, good guitarists would like play near him and like they'd create these beautiful things. And like, you know, if you were bad, they just, you, there was, it was like amazing. It was just like, you could just hang out and I, I'm explaining a lot of things wrong, but he was just a, a really creative, you know, inspirer. He was a, a real inspiration to me and so many people. And so I wrote and like then rehearsed in, in secret, like with these people uh, who all knew him, but we didn't let him know that we were rehearsing the song to do as part of a big musical performance that he was also a part of. And it was just a song about him, and I'm sure now it like emba- it embarrassed him. <laughs> but it was like so many rhymes, including thriving and and striving. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think I think the first verse was he's alivin', he's jivin', he's a driving force. If there's thriving around, then you'll know he's the source. If your soul needs revivin', you can go, of course, to Ivan. <laughs> So striving might not have been in there, but definitely thriving was. That was good. Thank you. It was fun. It was fun to write. Um, so you did these. Oh yeah, Sands of Time started thinking about uh, different potential superheroes that don't yet exist but could. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and the reason I brought up Watchmen specifically. Oh yeah, Alan Moore, genius. Oh, yeah. the reason I brought up Promethea, then the reason I brought up Watchmen. Yeah. In Promethea, there's uh, one volume, one issue, one like 22 page comic, maybe mm-hmm. 24 pages, where every page has Scrabble tiles uh, on it somewhere. Like there's sort of the story continues across the top, a different story continues across the bottom, and in the middle, I think, would be these Scrabble tiles with the letters of Promethea, and then on every page, it would be a different combination of those letters that was meaningful and pertaining to the story. Ooh. It was like one of them was metaphor with an E on the end. Uh, it was, you know, it was crazy. I was like, how did he didn't like invent the language? He just like found these things. <laughs> Uh, it within like sometimes comedy is about cr- you know cr- more creating something from nothing it yep. seems though there's like I think a Carl Sagan quote or somebody that's like something it's like uh, I'm paraphrasing butchering but uh, the idea is if you want to create an omelet from scratch first you must create the universe <laughs> and so one implication is that is you there can't is no yeah from scratch. exactly everything <laughs> is from something else yeah. all the stuff that is now always was slash will be no matter energy can ever be created or destroyed so you're making it out of something and you're making jokes out of something but some jokes are more about discovering you know connections between existing things like i think one ex- great example is like mitch hedberg's joke about you know you ever notice on a 
a traffic light, go, green means go and yellow means yield, but on a banana, it's just the opposite. <laughs> green means hold on, yellow means go ahead, and red means where the fuck you get that banana at? <laughs> like, that joke is beautiful because it also involves a creation of a sort because he makes the connection of the two colors and the two completely disparate but yet existing things like he didn't have to create a banana or a traffic light from scratch he used their already existing attributes connected them discovered yeah he discovered and then created the red banana exactly uh and so that's why i brought up alan moore because he create he just is making you know connecting like well, he does sort of what Eminem Eminem is a genius in a similar way at least I've never thought about why they're the same but uh, these two white dudes uh, one British one not British Eminem's British he's not um, just a fun joke that doesn't matter doesn't mean anything hope you know the truth uh, Al Moore's British don't want to lie to anybody um, I think he is I could be wrong but I'm I'm pretty sure he is uh, they like Eminem when he rhymes he'll create he created once a whole one of my favorite songs of his called Legacy mm-hmm. on the Marshall Mathers LP2 is like one of my favorites cuz like basically there's one rhyme scheme for the whole song like there's one one rhyme scheme for the whole first verse is all about his childhood and how bad it was in certain ways yeah. and one the second verse is same rhyme scheme for the whole verse of him being now learning going from being having this horrible childhood to discovering rap and that he could now turn everything turn his create he he's like i'm gonna stop listening to stuff and start making stuff yeah. and then the final verse same rhyme scheme again all about how he is now taking that thing that he loved and become the best at it <laughs> and i was like this song is demonstrating it's like the story of how you became the best at it which is you became the best of it is you did this song like uh, oh god it's like how did we where did it start where did it go so he like it's the and, mobius song yes exactly and <laughs> the way that not the Mo BS song. Like, wow, this has no BS. And not the Moby's yeah. song. Exactly. Man, he... Eminem's lyrics about hating Moby. Uh, yeah. He said that Moby is over. He said that Obi- Moby was over, like, in the early 2000s, I bet. And it's way later than that now. Maybe he's back. Moby has a great new restaurant somewhere in Los Angeles. I think it's called Little Pine. Check it out, everybody. Moby's great. What kind of uh, restaurant is vegan. Oh, okay. Moby's vegan, and his restaurant's vegan. Yeah. And uh, I think I ate there once and enjoyed it. And uh, and I, I ate there pretty early on in there being open, so I bet they're even better now. All right. This is, I think it opened maybe a year or two ago. Who could say? But uh, probably Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Eminem. The way, one of the ways that I like to describe like how he does what he does, like. When I when I endeavor to like when I write lyrics when I sit down to write lyrics like I have time yeah. and like sometimes and I can do like my best of like if I'm telling a story sometimes my songs will just be like I'll have a general concept and I'll have some things that like rhyme and sort of go together and be like oh what rhymes with this and then it turns into another thing like the way that I'll, like if I freestyle rap uh, you know the two things that you want to have when you're rapping are it rhymes and it means something <laughs> you know you want to have the f- the form rhyming or else it's kind of not rap, you know, at a certain point. Uh, and you want to have the function form and function. And the function is to be meaningful to tell you can't, you know, just being like bat, cat, dat, that, gat, hat, lat, it's rap. Like that maybe technically. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know if we ever talked about this, but when I studied, uh, semantics, I had a semantics class where we talked about what, you know, it's basically the study of meaning. What was the name of the class though? Semantics. (laughs) You did some antics there now, Doug, and that's I'm not the first person to make that connection. Everything's fine. Okay. But uh, 
in semantics, one of the first papers we had to write and then discuss as a concept in the class was, what is a chair? What's the definition of a chair? And, you know, there's sort of the classic fun answer of like, oh, it has four legs and a back, but so does a dog. So, and then you think about like, there's different kinds of chairs. There's like a high chair. There's like a beanbag chair. And so ultimately we came to like the, the teacher led us to the, the realization or the discovery. Did we discover it or did we create it? Uh, the idea that, uh, the component of the meaning of a chair involves both form and function. Like, and the close, like, if you imagine a chair, you're like, imagine a chair. Probably it'll look similar to every, you know, people from your culture, like, will picture a similar looking chair. Yeah. Uh, you know, your classic archetype of a chair. But then you're like, a beanbag chair is a chair. It doesn't have the form of a chair at all, but it has the function. Yeah. But then you also have things like, a stool or a bench or a couch like those have the function but not the exact form but even like a high chair kind of like so on the edges it gets like hazier but as you get closer to the middle you're like the more of the form and the function you have uh the more chair-like it is and now getting back to the previous thing that we were talking about the definition of the form and function of rap uh like for rap i mean the form of it is rhyming the function of it is you know, communicating like whatever, story, yeah, what, what, whatever yeah. the person wants to be talking about, like communicating some information. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be a deep thing. It could be a silly thing. Like with comedy, you yeah. know, the form of it, I guess, let's not get into that. Forget about that. Uh, that'll get us too far. It's hard to say. I, I know less about comedy and I do comedy than I do about rap, uh, at least in as far as this goes. And this is very, this you know, this is my, my view on it. And so when rapping, my goal is, you know, when I'm freestyling, uh, the way that it often happens is I'll say a thing, and then if I'm like, okay, here's the next meaning, it'll usually be like, oh, what rhymes with that thing? I'll rhyme a thing with it. Hopefully it means something, but if it doesn't mean something, then I'll spend the next line ma- sort of justifying why I said that thing. And I said that because of this. And now this rhyme will be sealed with a kiss, you know? And then, and so hopefully, like, if I if I do get into a place where I am saying meaningful things that rhyme, yeah. then you're like ahead of the game. And if you stumble, they'll be like, oh, let me catch up. Let me pick you up there, rhyme, and introduce you to reason. Okay, rhyme and reason. Don't commit treason. Why did I say that? It's okay, I'm leaving. You know, um, and so, but what Eminem does when he, I mean, I, when he freestyles as well, but obviously his written raps are just, he's basically telling these stories that if you didn't know they rhymed, you'd be like, this is like a beautiful story. This is, you're communicating a real, yeah. honest part of your life or the world. And then if you're like, and this all rhymes? Like, how did you, he's basically like magnetically attracting rhymes to the story. He's not just like, when I, t- when I tell rhymes, I'm like, I gotta follow the rhymes. I gotta find where they're going. Try to rein them in, try to reel them in. And like comedy as well. When I, I now bring it into comedy, when I started doing comedy, I'd be like, is this a funny idea? I think it is. You do? Okay, but these nine, no? Okay. Then I just like follow the ones that are funnier. And I'd be like, I hope to talk about things that are meaningful to me, but I have to talk about things that are funny to people. Uh, but eventually, as you get clo- better and better at comedy, hopefully, more experienced at least, you're like, oh, now for me, I'm like, I can I can talk about the silly things that are, and I like talking about silly things, and yeah. silly things can be meaningful and real and make people laugh and make yourself laugh. But also you can have things that are like less silly, but also funny and more things that I care about and want to talk about. And I'm like, this is a valuable part of my life experience. And maybe it could be in your life and, you know, more philosophical things, you know, more things that you might come to on mushrooms, like more yeah. of these things that I can do both. And like, so now I'm like, Oh wow. Like my comedy used to be just like these disjointed things that I would 
piece together and be like, oh, these are all, okay, these will go together, these will go together. But now I'm like, you know, shaping more like whole new like yes. worlds and realms together and things are all like expanding like the way that every day is for holidays. Like every, you know, idea can be like a huge chunk of jokes. Uh, and so... Like I'm, I'm hoping that my comedy is getting more like Eminem's rap as I perceive it, because he's just like, boom, telling. He's like, here's the story I'm telling, and here, give, come here, rhyme. You're gonna rhyme. You're gonna rhyme. Zach Sherwin, our friend, uh, had, wrote a song once that is amazing, and he hasn't released it. He has like gave me the beat. I learned the song, so I can sing this song of Zach's yeah. because it's a beautiful thing, and he and what better place to talk about it than on a podcast where he probably won't hear, but. Uh, I mean, I, I tell him too. I love this song. It's about it's about how good Eminem is at rapping. Ooh. This is a song. This is a brilliant song by Zach about how good a rapper Eminem is. Because on his on the album, the very album we're talking about, the Marshall Mathers LP. Um, man, he uh, he rhymes. Zach would say something like, "He rhymes." You know, not he's so good. Not only is he rhyming things that do rhyme, but he's rhyming things that don't rhyme. Like for example, there's a verse in a song where he rhymes something 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 I'll lose my shit something 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 with my screwdrivers in my toolboxes and he's like he's like toolboxes screwdrivers and lose my shit don't rhyme but he makes them rhyme and he also does other things to find things that really like do rhyme that you're like how I didn't even know those things could would did rhyme like man like there's one of my favorite lyrics in so, on some song. He, I think he has his leg stuck in a woman's vagina before this lyric. Previously on this lyric, uh, he has his leg stuck in a woman's vagina, and in order to get out of it, he does a. In the lyrics, I'm gonna jump into something like a magic trick. Dun 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 Go go gadget dick, and then his dick launches his, pushes his di- his leg out of her vagina. I might be getting the details wrong, but uh, go. Anyway, the point is, Eminem is an amazing... Oh, so, he rhymes things that don't rhyme, and that's part of his brilliance. And so, then Zach shares... Man, this is fun to tell Zach. He doesn't do this bit that much anymore. Uh, Zach Sherwin, everybody. Check him out. He's an amazing rapper and comedian. Oh, God. He's so good. Uh, Check out his YouTube videos. Get the album Brutus, his most recent one as of this. God, it's so good. Uh, check out the song Drop Bars. Uh, it's also, it also speaks to the same kind of things that I'm talking about here. Like, our brains do these fun things, and then also we're like, we want to add meaning to them. And it's like, cre- adding meaning to fun or finding fun in meaning. Like, live, you know? Yes. Uh, so, in he shares that thing about Eminem, and he says that there's this uh, a thing called a Twinkie Burger that, like, some company created somebody somebody invented discovered created the idea of flat like flattening and flash frying twinkies using them as the bun of a burger with cheese and bacon he's like twinkies burger cheese bacon like these things don't go together but he's like like eminem creating mm's creating lyrical twinkie burgers putting things together that shouldn't go together and then, then Zach's, he's like, and, and these, and it works. His, his rhymes work. And these, these Twinkie burgers have been very successful despite these ingredients that you'd be like, what? And then the song that Zach wrote, I'll, if I may do a couple lyrics, they, all the rhymes, it's like the, the reason that I love the Eminem song. It means a thing. And this is about Eminem and everything in this song rhymes with Twinkie burgers. <laughs> so if I may... Let me kick a rhyme like a Twinkie. Do you want to? You want to give a beat? Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. 
Let me kick a rhyme like a Twinkie burger. By the time I'm done, you're gonna think he's Berzer. Lyrically, it's like sponge cake buns, applewood bacon, beef patties, and cheese were merged. I'm cooking this up, but I'm out of my tree. Opposite of how the freaking Keeblers work, but I am no elfin creature stirring these ingredients. No, I'm a cutting edge rhyming researcher, pushing forward like I'm a conquistador. And this MC murders enough verses to fill the Grim Reaper's hurt. I write longhand in a rap notebook. No keyboard with a blinking. Okay, we got it. That's, no keyboard with a blinking cursor would have been the next. I, I've almost got the whole song. I mean, I do have the rest of it, but uh, check out Zach Sherwin for the rest of that song, you guys. Oh, man. But, man, oh, God. And actually, I want to say the end of the song, he says he rhymes Twinkie Burgers with freaking Screedrivers. And that... Man, and he, he was like, I don't think I have it perfectly yet. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. It's, I, I love it so much. It's one of my favorites. I'm glad I thought of it. The point is, that's the way Eminem is with rap. That's the way Alan Moore is with writing comic books. And the reason that I brought up Watchmen is because I believe there is a character in it who views all of time at once. Dr. Manhattan, the big blue guy. Oh, yeah. So he's like, he experiences all of time. And so, but it's interesting because he can't, you know, just... This is the thing that I've thought about, like, psychics. The idea of if a psychic were, if it were possible for there to be a person who was a psychic, then the way that I think it would have to work is, like, if I was psychic and I told you, you're about to pick up this mouse on this from this keyboard then oh he's he's about to do it he's about to do it he's about to do it he is about ah, and he did it he did it he did it he but you chose to do that you, <laughs> if i told you you were going to do it you could have been like i'm not going to do it yeah. you could kill yourself you could leave the room I could you could fl- yeah you could smash gas. it yeah make it impossible punch my mom yeah yeah exactly yeah punch me like you could do a different thing so if it's if a, a true psychic predicted something they would have to also know that if they told you what it is like the heisenberg principle or the observer effect like by putting it into the world that affects what the future yeah, would be changes the future. and that would explain why psychics you know in media are so like uh it could be like they can't tell you everything because then it would be different if they're like where's the murderer hiding out um he's in this warehouse but now Chicago? he's not yeah yeah, maybe let's not broadcast that part, I guess. Uh, I'm gonna, why would you tell everybody? Uh, psychic, uh, who knows everything like where the murderer is, don't tell everyone where the murderer is or the murderer will leave. Uh, so, the point is, uh, oh yeah, Dr. Manhattan would, if he could see everything, then he can't, you know, some things are out of his control because if he moves to change something, then something else will change. Also, like, do you know Girdle's incompleteness theorem? I'm saying it wrong. Um, Goodle. Goodle. No, how, how does it go? G-O with an umlaut. D-E-L. It's basically... So I took a whole semester in college where two-thirds of the semester was dedicated to learning this proof, okay. which I almost didn't, <laughs> that it all snapped into place for me. There was so much sorrow. Girdles yeah. Incompleteness, incompleteness theorem. theorem. Yes. Okay. There was so much sorrow carved into me through most of the semester. <laughs> and then finally, because those grooves of the... I, I took down all the information, yeah. and I looked at it, and I had no understanding of it. I couldn't put it all together until, like, one study session where somebody, like, snapped one thing into place, and then all the other details that I had in front of me fell into line like dominoes, like a Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah. And I was like, I can pass this class. <laughs> but I really thought... I was like, oh, God, I hope that I did it well enough on the midterm. <laughs> about like just regular logic before this the class was called mathematical logic and it was it was hard Ooh. but the so the the theorem basically says in lay in layperson's terms yeah. that so 
before yeah, before this person <laughs> proved incompleteness was a thing mm-hmm. in any system, like mathematicians and math like philosophers and theorizers wanted there to be a system in which they could come up with all of the rules that would describe everything in the system and only everything in the system. The, meaning, uh, like that. Basically, now, so here's the thing. That now, everything. I'll give like a an example that makes sense. Like, without any mathematical knowledge. Like, imagine there's a a machine, a theoretical machine, that prints out true statements. And you want it to print out all of the true statements. Like, you want to... All the things that are true in this system can be demonstrated by this system, the system of the machine that prints out the true statements. And you want it to give only true statements. You want all of the true statements and only them. So you don't want anything that's not true. And you don't want there to be anything that the machine can't print that is true. That would be something that's true outside of the system. Because the system is just what the machine can print. Hopefully all and only true things. (laughs) Now, imagine this statement. Like, if imagine the statement, the machine can print this. Great. It can print it. If if it can print it, it can print it. So it can print it, and it's true. Uh, It's a tautology. But now imagine the machine cannot print this statement. Well, if it can print it, then it's a lie. So, and if you want the machine to only print out true things, it can't print it. Yeah. Now, if if the machine can't print it, it's true. So, it can't print it, and it is true, means that it is a true thing that exists outside the system. Mm. And the incompleteness theorem showed that every mathematical system would have at least one thing like that. A thing that was true outside of the system. That if you tried to add something to fix it, it would be like the psychic adding information. Be like, well, I'm not going to do that now. Now I'm going to do this. Now it's going to go over here. Now it's going to be this. It'd be like a whack-a-mole thing where something will always come up. If you knock a thing down, I'll add this to take care of that rule. Well, then now there's this one. And so that's basically like like life as well. Like We can never complete everything. Like, I mean, we're not even going to come close. But even if you got close, you'd be like, I'll oh. Get, like, on the video game of life, I'll get like probably... 63% completion rate. <laughs> that's great. That's passing. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Do you know, uh, do you ever listen to Ram Dass? Uh, no, but I've heard of. Yeah. I, I like Ram Dass's podcast, which is called, I think... Ram Dass cast? Uh, it's not called that. That'd be great. <laughs> the Ram cast. Ramen in the morning. <laughs> Eat some ramen. Listen to the rum. Become a Mormon. Get some Mormon ramen. Get some more Mormon ramen with Ram Dass. Uh, so, Ramdas is, you know, a guru type, mm-hmm. as we speak, very old, you know, was active in, like, he wrote this, I forget what his podcast is called, I think it's called, uh, let's see, he, I, so many people have similar sound, like, Shane Moss's is Here We Are, I think his is Here and Now, mm-hmm. uh, and his book, the, the seminal book that he wrote that was amazing, that I recommend, recommend, I make a lot of recommendations, <laughs> you don't have to do them all, you don't have to do any of them, but these are all great, like things that I've experienced over the past many years, Be Here Now is the name of his book, which is beautiful. It has beautiful things in it to look at and read. And man, I'm going to, I bar, I read it from one of somebody else's and I, I think it was a girlfriend's and she, we, we don't, we're not together anymore. So I'm not together with that book anymore, but uh, I'm going to get that book and read it again. It's real good. Be Here Now. Uh, and Ramdas once said, uh, oh yeah, on a recent podcast that I listened to, like, I think he said, imagine like the, you know, the universe is a clock Mm -hmm. and at like midnight is like creation, like the beginning, like the spark of like from, you know, let there be light from, from nothingness to something. Yeah. Uh, the, the teacup becomes a cup (laughs) and then every, you know, tick of the, every second is like a thousand, a, a thousand years, a thousand, thousand, a billion, whatever it is. And eventually, you know, it goes all the way around and maybe keeps going or starts again or whatever. He's like, and each, and that you have like thousands of lives, like you, whatever, tens of thousands, you just keep. 
And that in the beginning, it's just like learning. And eventually like, he's like, by like 6 p.m., you know, once it's gone halfway around, mm-hmm. like then that's when you start like having had learned things and like realizing all these lives are spent like gaining the experience of like figuring out like the the truth behind the layers peeling all the things back and then you know as you're moving it's just like the the proportion of like living in the moment and understanding and seeing keeps increasing until eventually like you get all the way around and then like you're not you anymore there's like the finish of it is like the beginning is you're not you and the end of it is you're not new you you're you're not new you're not you Uh, you're always new Made a mistake. Not Didn't new. make a mistake. That yeah. was that was. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm new. Not new. Not you. <laughs> not new. Not new. 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 Uh, not new. You. That's the show. Oh. Uh, wh- where do you go to college? I go to not new you. It's uh, that? in the, on the same campus as old you. <laughs> we change every day. Yeah. <laughs> not new you. Not new new you. Not new not new. I just wanted you to catch my not new not new joke. Not Thank you very new. much. Not new not new. Not new not new. So, yeah, that's why... So you were on Mushrooms imagining characters with powers that could be similar to Dr. Manhattan's of Watchmen, which I recommend, Mm -hmm. along with all of Alan Moore's oeuvre. Yes. And uh, so uh, Hourglass is it. She's a a barista with a heart of gold. Like, just, she's... She doesn't really care about people, but because she has this ability where she can see through time, she feels guilty if she doesn't help the people, so Uh, she reluctantly helps them. That's great. (laughs) So she looks through time into the future, sees what would happen, and helps change it to a better thing. Mm -hmm. Or or at least tries to help. Did you ever watch or be familiar with the show Inside Edition? Yes. Starring Kyle Chandler, (laughs) where he got... The, the, the I never newspaper, found out. The day yeah, before. he got the tomorrow's newspaper today. Yeah, he so he also had her like the same thing as Hourglass. He's like, I got to do something to help this paper. Or it was like Quantum Leap, but a different way, you yeah. know? Yeah, man, I love time travel stuff. Me too. It's uh, Looper. Oh yeah, yeah. Back to the Future. There's a joke on my new album, which the album is called. The album's about how I don't want children mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all sort of. I, I don't know if you understand if you if you don't understand the kind of comedy I do it's like the kind of, kind of conversations I have where uh, I say a thing and I'm like I'm talking about this thing but uh, am I uh, and then I keep talking about other stuff and then I'm like uh, oh yeah that thing and so the framework of it that it jo- goes to many other places is about how I do not want children and the album is called No Kidding and there's a tr- there's a track on the album I don't want to spoil it too much but it's kind of like I think I think I might even say it on the album that uh, my the joke is basically the movie Looper, but about pedophilia as a joke. And uh, no more questions. Uh, please lis- listen to the album. Listen to the track that has pedophilia in the name. No kidding. And yeah, uh, of no kidding. Available on iTunes. Available on Amazon. Available at Mormon in the Morning. Eehaw, All the places. Eehaw. Thank you, Donkey. <laughs> Uh, don't key my car when you're a donkey. Uh, Doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Doesn't mean anything. So you you write music. Well, uh, uh, how many songs do you would you estimate that you've written? Because I, I write music as well. Guitar. Sure. Piano was my um, <laughs> the sorrow. Digging. Yeah. Because <laughs> I hated practicing. Of course. And I got kind of good, but at a certain point it became muscle memory. Oh Cause, yeah. Because I could read the sheet music, but slowly. And so over time, I would stumble and like mm. finally get it right. And then at a certain point, I just knew where to be in the song. Of course, knew where to put my hand. So you weren't reading the music per se. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was somewhere in the middle. You and were then... lying to yourself and your teacher per se. You per were se. living life as a incorrect lie. 
I was living a double life. Yeah. Per Ooh, se. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like. Yeah. What do you do for a living? Uh, I play the piano, and also, I don't do it right. <laughs> My double life is playing the piano well, but also incorrectly. Very calm double yeah, life. Yeah. Oh yeah. Pretty chill. They're kind of similar. Low stakes. Just kind of like if you had a little bit to drink, you're seeing not quite double, but just like a little hazy. Or like if you're on mushrooms, watching the ceiling dance, you know it's not dancing. Um, yeah. So I have. So here's the thing. I put out an album of music last year. Uh, called Many Mini Musics because most of the songs on average on, so there's 42 tracks on the album uh, each of the tracks I think is an, I think the song is about uh, the album is about 37 minutes long somewhere uh-huh. in the 30 so the average song like some of the songs are like 15 seconds mm-hmm. uh, some of the songs like the maximum is probably like a few minutes mm-hmm. like like maybe like the normal length of a quote unquote short song yeah. uh, most of the songs that I used to write were longer you know like like you know two to five minutes mm-hmm. I guess um, so, I mean, I wrote those, I've probably written, I would say, definitely a triple digit number, uh, because, I mean, I have these, like, 30 to 40, and then the, I, you know, in high school, uh, my friend Sam and I recorded together, like, a bunch of my songs and his songs and ones we, we worked on together, yeah. and we had, like, an album, uh, a cassette that we put out. Of, what was your band? Uh, so, initially, his name was Sam, and my name was Mike, so we put a Mike and Sam, and the first album was called My Grandfather Was a Spy, because I had a song called My Grandfather Was a Spy, but that song wasn't on that album, so, like, the way that Mitch Hedberg names albums, we didn't do it because of that, but... Do you know that all of his album names are mostly uh, the ones that he put out when I was alive, at least, the two? Yeah. All of his two albums. Uh, the first one is called Strategic Grill Locations. He has a joke that that, that term is in, but it's not on that album. <laughs> then on that album, there's a joke where he says the phrase Mitch All Together, and on the next album, that's what that one's called. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then I think the final one's called Do You Believe in Gosh, which was named posthumously, not by him. And Do You Believe in Gosh, I think, was on that very album, so the, oh. the cycle didn't repeat and continue but similarly so my grandfather was a spy first a song first i think a fact i learned about my grandfather i'm like oh i found like an old world war ii like id that my grandmother had at her house he was just like in a suit it looked like i'm like this is his military id he wears a suit he's a spy so i wrote a song called my grandfather is a spy or was a spy i never knew that man so that was part of the song as well it was just like a a silly like they might be giantsy like i listen when people ask me who my influences were i'm like everybody but also like i listened to a lot of they might be giants and ani defranco as a child uh as a teenager so that was like very formative for me Ooh, you're showing me flood as a vinyl uh very nice um yeah that was like that was like their big one if you knew if you don't know they might be giants but you know you've heard of them and you know maybe one of their songs it's from that album that was like their their big classic but i listened to probably heard them but didn't know it yes so uh, and the one song that you maybe definitely probably have heard is a cover song istanbul yeah yeah from around the 30s or 20s or something birdhouse in your soul those are the (laughs) the biggies particle man man those guys like they really they filled me with they filled no sorrow with tons of joy (laughs) uh (laughs) the sorrow of developing a brain that could process music thank you ancestors as well for all that you went through the versions of our evolution that did not make it here yeah, thanks for that picking we, up, like, uh, gourds and stuff and oh, yeah. attaching Mu- sinews to them. Yes. And- <laughs> Music is, like, the most beautiful, like, I don't know if it's the most, but it's I learned it so early, it's, like, a language to me, and it's just, like, man, the most beautiful thing 
to like create, to be in, to listen to. Mm-hmm. I was reading Rumi poems recently. You know that guy? Uh, no. The, he's like a, I want to say a Buddhist. Uh, I, I want to, so I will. Why not? He's a Buddhist. If he, if he, if he, if he is. What's he going to uh, do? Yeah, he, he wrote the, he's, he's dead probably. So he's just going to keep being what he was. I can't affect him. I was him too. Uh, so he has a couple poems that I read about how like we as, you know, beings, did I even, how was this not said before? Like the current that runs through us is like music. Like we are like flutes of like the universe's music, you know? And I was like, yes, yeah, that's, and like, especially like, you know, like Zach writing a song about Eminem in the style of Eminem, like in the, as good, you know, I think as Eminem. Uh, or at least, you know, on the same pathway uh, of these mental pathways. I'm like, similarly, uh, I'm like, Rumi wrote a thing about music that when I hear music, I'm like, that is like, you know, it's metaphorical music because it's also art visually. It's also connection and love. It's also things that aren't explicitly, you know, like the music of life, not necessarily just the music of music, but the music of music is also the music of life. Yes. It's like a subset. And I'm like, oh man, that, you know, keeps on... Uh, just really perpetuating itself. I, uh, I got pretty high uh, a couple weeks ago. What? Yeah. Go on. Weird. Um, and I was playing music and I, I do, I do live streams because I'm not as mobile as I used to be with the Lyme disease and, yes. um, I said yes to be agreement, not enjoyment. (laughs) Yes! Oh yeah! Me and Lyme disease on the same team! (laughs) I had it once and it was painful for a few weeks, mostly because of the, like, antibiotics I had you to really take. You really did have it? I did. You oh, yeah. the tick and everything? I don't know if there... I mean, I assume there must have been. Yeah. I never saw the tick or, like, I looked and... But I I went to the doctor and they're like, you have Lyme disease. Uh, I believe. Is there I, a rash? I, I... There must have been... A, a, there was something that led me to the doctor. Yeah. So I, I... It's weird that I don't remember the beginning of it. Yeah. But... Because same here. Like, I... I I'm pretty sure I remember the beginning of it, but at the same time... For me, this when is... When I yeah. was first asked about it, I was like... Uh, How yeah, long ago is it now? Know. Do you know? couple years yeah so for me this is like more than a you know decade ago now yeah. and so it was like in my mid-20s and i remember like i was living in boston uh and i remember who i was seeing so it was oh, like yeah yeah, yeah yeah you got it yeah my life was all different <laughs> living in boston following the cow path looking for the deer hoping they followed the cow path got, like, the camo oh yeah that was me pre-ayahuasca <laughs> just post mushroom hadn't all kicked in yet real was listening non-ironically to mormon in the morning <laughs> I was like, I love this guy and everything he stands for. Thank you, donkey. Um, so I remember, and I, I, this is the way it is in my memory now. So like, if anyone, yeah. and if my old doctors are listening, they're like, you didn't have Lyme disease. But my experience was like, I got like tired, and then when I started being on the medication, they were like, this is gonna really, it's gonna hurt because it's, it's so powerful antibiotics that it's going to attack the good bacteria in your stomach that help like line your stomach and make it so that when when food or even water would go into my stomach mm. it would hit and exp- like it would be painful Whoa. to just hit like when water hit me huh. uh and so like i i lost so much weight in those two weeks as i was like it's painful to eat and drink you're like this is working great yeah I, oh boy <laughs> like what what would you do? there's a buddy of mine from boston named mike dorval who's a comedian and he like moved to la and like he used to be like a little heavier uh, than he was before. He came back, like, mm-hmm. thin, and he's like, people are like, wow, you know, like, you, and he's like, in L- and people sometimes are like, are you okay? This is like a joke that he's like, he's like, I'm glad when people ask, because, like, in LA, nobody ever asked that. There was like, how did you lose the weight? He's like, cancer. I could be like, cancer. They'd be like, who's your guy? You know, 
He did. He didn't have cancer. He did it through, I believe, diet and exercise. I'm not bothered. Cancer was only in the joke. Yeah. He's a very funny comedian. Check out Mike Dorval. He has a podcast called Bombing that I was on. I think I was. I might have been his first guest. I was one of his first guests, I think. Mm-hmm. And you, you just comedians go on and talk about like their worst bomb or like Ooh. just bombing in general. Yeah. It's and he's great. He's a great interviewer. He's a great comedian. Mike Dorval, bombing a recommendation from me, Mike Kaplan. That's the thing that I do in my life is make recommendations. <laughs> Uh, so you were saying you're not as mobile, so you do live streamcasts. Right, live streams, and so... Um, um, I scream, you scream, we all scream for, for live streams. Stream. <laughs> Sometimes I'll, I'll make up songs on the spot about something. Oh, they're I'll, fun, yeah. And, yeah, and I'll um, make a beat and like beatbox it, and then, yeah, I'm freestyling, or I'm like making music along with it, or sometimes I'm playing on the piano. So do you also think you've written hundreds of songs? <laughs> hundreds okay I'd say dozens in the in the 40 range okay yeah oh yeah because i i didn't even finish my my grandfather was a spy story which is the first album was just called my grandfather was a spy yeah and it was by mike and sam the group was mike and sam <laughs> then for our next album we put out a we moved on to discs we got cds yeah. uh and that album yeah oh yeah we decided <laughs> we're gonna call ourselves my grandfather was a spy. Now that's the band name, not only, but it's also a song on the album. So there's a song on the album that's the band name that used to be the first album's name that wasn't at the time the band name or the song on the album. So, and we called the album by My Grandfather Was a Spy Sleepless Nights with a K. So like we were, because we stayed up all night recording it because we were working at a summer camp at the time, working during the day, recording the album at night. We spent many a sleepless night as these warriors of music. We were the sleepless Nights with a K. You guys understand, okay? Uh, and so, but then when people, if they had had our first album, they're like, "Oh, the al- this album is your your al- your band name is now called Sleepless Nights." Uh, I'm like, "Wait, no, the album is called that. The band name is this other thing." I'm like, "Wasn't that the?" I'm like, "Yes, it's very confusing." <laughs> also, I like the idea of uh, the abbreviation of my grandfather was a spy is MG was. And so, when Sam and I lived together, uh, a couple decades later, this decade, uh, that was our, our Wi-Fi password involved the letters MG was. MG so was. it's fun. I like that. Like when I like when anagrams or when acronyms. I get them confused, even though oh, it hasn't happened in a long time. But it's fine. I'm fallible. Future, no regrets. Um, acronyms. Uh, I love when acronyms like have a meaning about the thing. Like yeah. when I do my podcast, I often do a uh, a satellite episode that comes out with it uh-huh. that I record afterwards. That's only a ten minute, sn- like it's a snip, not a snippet, but it's like a review. It's like we record afterwards. Like here's all the things we talked about. Yeah. Okay, it's on the fast version. <laughs> and so I say that the fast version. It's called the fast version because fast stands for for a short time, and that's not a true thing. Fast is not a word that came into being because of that. <laughs> But that's a, that's a thing that you could call, if it caught on, a backronym. Have you heard of those? A backronym is an acronym that gets named after the factronym. Uh, For a short time. Yes. So, I wrote, you know, at least, you know, a couple dozen songs that came out on those albums with Sam. We had other ones that we didn't release. And then, like, throughout... You know, from from 15 to, like, 24, mm-hmm. which is, like, I started playing guitar at 15 and started uh, doing com- focusing more on comedy at 24. Mm-hmm. Still, like, playing music for fun and writing it uh, a little bit. But, like, so between for those nine years, I wrote a lot of songs. Yeah. Like, at least, you know, I mean, I don't even know what it was. It was just, like, all the time I was writing songs. I probably had, like, you know, dozens of songs then. Yeah. And then 
for the rest of, you know, my 20s and 30s, I just occasionally read something. Released uh, an album of comedy songs called Please Be Seated with my buddy Micah Sherman. And then we put out a mixtape a couple years ago as well that was just for free on Bandcamp of more songs. Like, so definitely, and then... Uh, my last girlfriend, who uh, we were together from like 2014 to 2016, uh, for like two and a half years, mm-hmm. she was a musician. We would like improvise things together sometimes, and also she inspired me. She put out an album of her violin music, which is beautiful. Check out Casey Holt, Casey with a K, Holt with an H, uh, Casey Holt. Uh, she probably still has a SoundCloud, but I think on Bandcamp, if you search for her, uh, she's got a beautiful album called, I think it's called Letting, just L E T T I N G. Mm. Or maybe letting patterns. I forget what there were some options, but I think it's just letting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just her beautiful, like sound, like layered violin music, yeah. and so her, her just. And when I was with her, I also every day one of the things that I did when I was you know traveling or not with her, if we were we were long distance for a while, mm-hmm. and then if I was traveling and we lived together. Uh, I would, when I was not with her, endeavor to send her like a key style, like a rhyming freestyle that I typed yeah. uh, every morning, every, every or at least once a day. Uh-huh. And then for her birthdays, I would we had a she had a couple birthdays while I was together with her, mm-hmm. and I would like turn some of them into music that I recorded. And then the the album that I put out last year, many many musics, a lot of those songs were like just those songs that I had created for that girlfriend, yeah. but also like for you know the, I'm like these I think are. These are songs that I think are cool, and maybe other people, if you like me, you li- might like my music. Uh, and so I'm like, I, the first album, the first song on the album... Like Mike. <laughs> the, it's not that. That's the next album, maybe. Who can say? That's a phrase. Where'd that come from? But um, the, the first song is called Preamble, and the lyrics are basically, this is not an album full of funny songs. Uh, that's not exactly what you spent your money on. <laughs> Um, and then more things, and that song's kind of, some of the songs are, some of them are funny, some of them are kind of funny, yeah. some of them are just like, you know, songs, songs yeah. that I like, you know, like, maybe quirky, lyrically, in a way that They Might Be Giant song could be or would be, like, some of I have some friends that when they listen to the, my songs, they're like, I understand that you enjoyed They Might Be Giants, <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm trying to be myself, but, yeah. you know, you are sometimes, uh, you, you can't not have heard the things that you've heard. Yep. Um, and your voice and is what it is. Influenced by the things you've been influenced by. And, yes. You know, Did you say spider things? Influenced by things you've been influenced by. Wow. By spider the... things, though. I'm yeah. Like I've been influenced by spider things, <laughs> like <laughs> Spider-Man, tons of tons of that business. Black uh, Widow spiders. Oh, yeah. Brown yeah. recluse. Oh, yeah. The, all, uh, all the Tarantulas. <laughs> Let's not forget tarantulas. We couldn't. You just reminded us. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Hundreds of songs, I would say. In fact, do you, do you want to hear a, a song that I do in my comedy now? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do it different than I do it in my comedy because, for the reason that will become a little bit evident. Would you need a beat? Uh, no, no. No, no beat for no this beat. one because okay. I actually don't know how it's going to go exactly. <laughs> uh, it's a fun moment with a little with some improvisation because it's it's a sing-along. So you, I'm going to ask you to sing along. Okay. And listening at home, please feel free to try and sing along as well. Yeah. Here's the thing is, if you do... You could go back and memorize exactly what I'm about to do, and that's why I'm going to do it differently than I ever do when I do it live. So you can't listen to this and then come see me live. And here's, anyway, I, I should definitely give you, uh, here's the information. Uh, it's a sing-along, so please join in and sing along. Okay. Everybody sing along. It's a sing-along song. You don't know how the song is going to go. So you have to just listen. There's no way... 
to participate. <laughs> I like that you're trying, Doug, and the way that it goes is different every time. I don't usually say your name, and I'm now trying to watch where you're trying to anticipate and turn the song and do a different thing and sing when you're laughing and not sing when you're... Not laughing. Hey! So that's the first verse. So now that you got that, let's do the second verse. I'd be impressed if anyone could memorize that and sing along with it. Please send an email with a recording. That would be awesome. Put it on YouTube. That would be. So the way that. So that's it always. Uh, I think it's not. Maybe I don't need to explain. Part of the comedy of the bit is that I ask the audience to sing along, and there's no way for them to know what the words are going to be or how it's going to go. It's fun to do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I might try to do this on every podcast I go on now. A different version. I did it once on uh, Put Your Hands Together. I think that's the first time I... Yeah. And this is the second time. So... Oh, I, I also, good. speaking of the out. second time, I just want to check oh my, my clock for the oh, second wow. time. It is it getting is, close to the time. It is, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I would say I want to be in my car, driving away within five-ish minutes right. so yeah. i don't know if you normally do a wrap-up is there it did you finish all the things you wanted to share about mushrooms oh uh well the thing that i was gonna say about while i was playing music on the live oh yes while please super high, perfect thank you um was that i realized in one of those moments that because i i finally cleaned off the top of the piano and this is pivotal to the story that's why because, you told me yeah because i i opened it up and then i played a song and then i went down and i listened to the strings just ring out as I held the pedal. Is this on mushrooms? No, this is this just This is just weed. in general. Oh, this is weed. Okay, right. got it, got it, got it. And then I realized that whether you like it or not, music moves you when you hear it. Because music physically is a wave that goes through you. Yes. And when we dance, we're moving because sometimes that speaks to us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're moving with it. What if you could move like exactly with it so that you weren't even hearing it because you were it? You were the music. Yes. You become the rhythm. Uh, like, is that who is that? Gloria Estefan? Yeah. <laughs> rhythm is gonna move ya. Uh, rhythms Cuomo. Um, that That's great. Also, I like when you, I was thinking when you said whether you like it or not, music moves you. Like, being moved to not like it is also moving. Yeah. It reminds me of a thing that I said on stage. I was performing, and I sometimes I say now that I'm the kombucha of comedy. <laughs> like, I'm really good for you, but a lot of people are like, too weird. Um, and not even sure if it's good for you anymore. There's a lot of uh, conflicting information I've been hearing. But uh, from what I knew at the time when I wrote the joke, uh, everything's fine. Nobody needed this disclaimer. Or that one. 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 I gotta go. This one. Um... But this one, yeah. Ah, thanks, Donkey. Uh, so we're almost out of time here on Mormon in the Morning. Um, but uh, the point of this story yeah. that I'm going to gather myself and get back to is... Oh, yeah. I asked the crowd, who likes kombucha? And some people clapped. And I asked, who doesn't like kombucha? And some people clapped. And I'm like, that makes sense. And I was like, does anybody not have an opinion either way on kombucha? And some people clapped. And I was like, now of those people who have no opinion... Have you had kombucha? Clap your hands. And some people clap. There's There are people who have had kombucha go into their body and at least they're saying have not been moved by it. A thing that is, we've determined previously, impossible with music. If music were kombucha, I would have said that not to be so. But yeah, when people go, I don't really like music. It just means, oh, that music moved you, but 
It didn't move. Yeah, you. yeah. Move means a few things. Ha! <laughs> <sighs> so, um, plug plug all your things and your stuffs, and where can people find thank your you, thank you, Doug. Uh, so the newest album, as we're sitting here now in 2017, mm-hmm. is uh, no kidding. As I mentioned, <laughs> um, the uh, previous. Uh, hour that I did is on Netflix currently called Small, Dork, and Handsome. Huh. Uh, the album before that is Meat Robot, and the album, my first album is called Vegan Mind Meld. So they're all, all of them are on you know iTunes and mm-hmm. through my website. The latest one is also on a Special Thing Records website because they produced that one. Uh, so you can go to anywhere that you think you could get an album online and get it, or you can get a physical copy CD sometimes. Baby? Yep, probably. I don't know. <laughs> Great, you stumped me. Never mind, not anywhere, but probably, who can, I don't know what they do. Napster. Yeah, a CD adult I actually use. CD toddler I moved on to. Uh, that's one CD toddler over there. Dressed as a an adult wearing other toddlers on top of him with a trench coat. Selling heroin yeah, in the selling alley. Yeah, and CDs out of his trench coat. Hey, you want a CD? That's one CD toddler. Uh, CDs, toddlers. Uh, so. CDs, CD toddlers. Oh, yeah. CDs, CD toddlers, nuts. No, don't look at their nuts. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Okay. I didn't eat on that time. I was waiting this whole time. I didn't even know it. Thank you, Donkey. Uh, thank you for saying thank you, Donkey. Now, Mormon. Uh, Usha, I believe, is your name. Mormon Usha. Uh, thank you, Mormon Usha. Thank you, Donkey. Thank you, listeners. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, so that you can find all my stuff at my website, uh, which is mikekaplan.com, M-Y-Q-K-A-P-L-A-N.com. Uh, my album, my my podcast is called Hang Out With Me. I, I'll definitely get you on it awesome. sometime as well. Talking to you is so wonderful. Yes, yeah, so you can get all my, my... Yeah, but forget about that for a second. We're doing my plugs. Uh, you're really great, but I'm a, I'm a guy that you can buy stuff from. Uh, also, uh, a fun thing about my new album is the cover art was done by Rami Nazer, who is a wonderful... Friend, comedian, and illustrator, awesome. uh, and animator, and he also, if you're depending when you're listening to this, he has a Kickstarter going for uh, a big book full of his beautiful art that you can check out on Instagram. Uh, what a friend! What a guy! What an artist! Uh, <laughs> friends, artists, Ramin, <laughs> country artists, give me your mushrooms. Lend me. Uh, lend me your, lend me your mushrooms? mushrooms for a little while. I'll return it back to the earth as poop from which more mushrooms can grow. It's a cycle. Yes. So, in conclusion, uh, yeah, my website, all the way, anywhere you want, you can put in Mike Kaplan, spelled the weird way I do it, and you'll get jokes on Twitter, uh, maybe yeah. longer things on Facebook, pictures on Instagram, albums on iTunes, uh, videos on YouTube. Oh, God, oh, so stressful. You don't have to do it. You don't have to. But those are the things that you could look at you could. if you'd like to, and I appreciate Why your not? asking, and you're Why having not? me here. Yeah, I'm very grateful to have you oh, here. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. So- so much, Doug. Yeah. And this has been You and Me and Thoughts and Talk with Doug Culp. And? And me, Mike Kaplan. <laughs> Did I do it right? Yeah. <laughs>